0: Welcome once again, Iowa innovators, educators, to another episode of Iowa Innovation. We're going to be talking about something pretty cool in the world of education today that also very much involves innovation. Uh, I am Rob Merritt, and I
1: am here once again with Anthony Betters. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing well. Uh, Good to see your lovely face. Once again, and I know know we talk about this all the time, but as you, as a listener, you get to see our lovely faces once again as well. Well, we're pretty pumped. I
0: mean, this is the first season we've been able to do that. So, you know, we got to give props to Upload Media Group, who is making that possible for us because Upload Media Group is our media sponsor for this season. And so that's why we're able to offer video along with the podcast itself for the first time, which is really cool. Uh, And speaking of sponsors, we also got to make a really quick shout out to Van Meter, which has been awesome for us this season. Uh, We're just a few episodes away, from Danielle coming on and talking to us about what Van Meter does, which we're very excited about. But we're also really excited uh, to welcome two guests into our studio today to talk about future cities, which uh, anybody out there who has kids in the school system probably knows about future cities, or, I don't know, maybe some of our younger listeners actually competed in future cities. But uh, I want to welcome to the show Samantha Dalby, uh, who... um, by day, you are you are taking care of Newboko's uh, K twelve education program, but then you are also working with students at Future Cities. As is Andy, uh, both of you uh, have done a lot with Future Cities in the last couple of years, and we're super excited to dig in and talk about it. So, uh, so yeah, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having welcome. us. Glad
0: to yeah. be here. Yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> and Samantha, you're actually a veteran. You were on an episode, I think, back in what season one or season two. Yeah, I know yeah, you, you were know in. I know when it was, yeah.
2: One with Marsha and then one with the the women of Nubo Co. That's about right. You've been on multiple. You're yeah. like
0: this is like your third Lucky number three. veterans. Nice.
1: Well, but you're welcome. the newbie though, Andy, right? First time,
0: you are the newbie. We gotta figure out. uh, We gotta figure out some ways to 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 welcome Andy to the fold. Since this is his first one, (laughs) initiation process. Be gentle. (laughs) Well, I can't make any promises for that. I cannot guarantee any gentleness involved. Uh, But uh, but I won't let I won't let Andy uh, I I won't let I won't let Anthony draw any like you know like symbols on your head or anything. Sure. Because yeah, we've we've done away with that particular ritual. As we went to one too many episodes of, of Rocky Horror. I don't Rob, know okay. what Can you're go, talking about, Rob. Have you never seen Rocky Horror? You know, like if somebody's never seen Rocky I really if, haven't. If anybody like goes to a presentation of the Rocky Horror show and they've never been before, uh, that you actually, they, they point that out and you're referred to as a virgin and they paint a big V on your head because it's your mm. first time Branded. that you've ever, ever been to
1: the movie. I think what, I, what my mind initially went to and you said Rocky, well, I went to the cartoon of like the moose
2: See? Oh, yeah, Rocky and Rocky Bullwinkle. Winkle. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. It, that went over my head. I'm so sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't know where I was going.
0: <laughs> uh, Rocky Rocky and Bullwinkle, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Horror. There's so many Rockies. So it's many just, different you know, things. hard to keep track of them all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we, we're going to talk about Future City. And I'm really curious, first of all, um, We've we've been partnered with Future City for a while, and I'm curious, how did that alliance happen between NuboCo and the Future City competition?
2: Yeah, we kind of became the caretaker of Future City for Iowa, um, running the competition, organizing it, promoting it. Back in 2016, we helped it transition from Jean Ober. What's her name? Andy, she's her teacher. Jean
3: Oberbrockling
2: he does a great job of saying her name (laughs) um she was a former tag teacher cedar rapids um and before that i believe the story goes that the city of cedar rapids actually started it in iowa they wanted it here um, for students to have access and then she took it over as a caretaker and then we did the same when she was ready to hand it off and kind of retire from that so she helped us transition 2016 17 and then we've been taking it on ourselves since 2017.
1: And so, for the listeners, um, knowing about Future City, actually, you probably don't know about Future City, but you might. Today is the day for you to understand what Future City is. Deep dive. Deep dive. (laughs) And so, can you explain um, kind of what Future City is and just, you know, you already kind of explained how it came about, but just dive a little bit deeper of what exactly it is. Mm
2: -hmm. And you want to take that one? Yeah.
3: So, it is like an international competition. Um, I was at the national competition. competition in Washington DC last year actually and there were teams from China I think so it is indeed international
0: how long has been going on do you know
2: well I know a couple years ago the city Cedar Rapids guy said that it was like the 25th year since Iowa had had one um I don't remember exactly when it started nationally though
0: well that begs the question did either of you ever compete in future city when you were in school
3: so Gene Oberbrockling was actually my tag teacher um a very long time ago, and I had the option to take Future City, but chose like mock trial. And actually, I did like a documentary class at the time, which Rob, you might. There's no appreciate. shame in doing a documentary yeah. class. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, but but for those who did do Future City, what what's involved? Uh,
3: so you get on the teams. Um, it's a minimum of three students per team. Um, when I was at the the national competition, I saw teams that were, you know upwards, I mean, 30, 40 kids wow. on and a team. But you only these, have three presenters.
0: And what do these teams have to do?
3: So these teams are getting, um, they get a theme each year um, that they are building the city to uh, meet whatever specific um you know challenges that go along with whatever the theme is with so this year this it, year
1: oh my back go ahead this, taking your juice this dog. year
3: is electrify your future so it is um about transitioning um infrastructure to be electric as opposed to fossil fuels fossil fuels
0: it's electric yeah and so to be clear these are these are <laughs> fictional cities like they're not being asked to envision how to transform new york they're saying this is a city that does not exist but you're making a city
3: right and i think the idea is that it's like at least like a hundred years in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so it's like it's a future city
0: <laughs> wow. But there are specific,
1: <laughs> specific materials that you can use, and also a, a lot of amount of budget that you can use for future cities, right? Could yep. you kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Mm-hmm. Either one of you.
3: Yeah. So I believe it's a hundred dollars for the actual yep, model. Hundred dollar limit. Um. So that kind of incentivizes you, um, to be using recycled materials because you do not. I, th- I believe you have to record them, but you do not have to add those to your tally because they were already.
2: Yeah, there's like there's some materials have like a value of it, even if someone gave it. Like if you if someone gave you Legos, you have to record the value. Mm. But oh, if you're using like a toilet paper roll to build a tower, you know, that's
1: two cents. Yeah, so many toilet paper
0: rolls, by the way. <laughs> I, I have seen so many of these models. And that's a, that's something really cool, I think. That's, a, that's one of my favorite components of the whole future city Very thing creative. is that in addition to coming up with how the city works, you have to actually build a physical model of it. And there's a lot of creativity that happens in those models. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some where you're like, like there's like moving parts and things connected, yeah. and uh, it's it's really really impressive some of the stuff people do. I didn't know that there was a, a cost limit, although yep. I guess that makes sense because I could see some absolutely going crazy oh, if there wasn't.
2: Yep, yep. There's definitely kind of restrictions that are in there. The city has to be designed to scale, so this is definitely a STEM program, and I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but it's for middle schoolers. So this is middle schoolers, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders that are researching. They're coming up with ideas, they're designing, and they're actually implementing a, a city that's to scale. And they're doing it all around that theme that Andy was mentioning. Um, so it's really putting like a lot of the real world expectations that engineers deal with, scientists, things like that. And they're solving problems of the future and coming up with crazy ideas. Um, like one year the theme was building on the moon. So they're thinking about like what happens if we live on the moon and what does that look like and some of them are getting to some like the political aspects like who gets to move to the moon mm. who's gonna rule the moon right is it part of a country does it become their own are they like shipping goods back and forth I
0: think I um, got to be a guest judge that year I remember mm-hmm, all of the moon mm-hmm. cities and and by the way we will talk about that later some of the really cool volunteer opportunities for adults in the community uh, if you want to see some of this future city stuff up close and help make the event happen um, yeah I got to judge one year and and uh, and. There was all of the moon colonies. And one of the other things that I really remember being a cool element of the contest is that there's like a whole essay students have to mm-hmm. write. And so people will, you know, and you'll judge based on, uh, you know, the creativity involved, but also making sure that they hit all of the requirements that you have to hit. You have to address electrical or you have to address infrastructure, you have to address entertainment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: entertainment, education, healthcare.
0: Yeah. There's like a there's like a whole checklist. And uh and there were times I'd read some of these and I'd be like that's a really cool idea, you know. Um, and and there's there's times where you read one and and you're I mean it's it's so funny like the first few ones that I judged I remember that I was reading them and I was like being really nice and really generous I was like oh that's that's good. By the time I got to like the twentieth I was like I was like oh you can do better. I've seen like six of these that are amazing. What were you doing? You know you 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 uh, you, you quickly realize that some of these kids set the bar very very high. There's some really smart ideas going. on. Did you on. tell
1: them that's for their face? I did. I did. And I I think (laughs) I must have made at least three kids cry. I was really proud of myself.
2: But see, on the back end, like (laughs) the judges can put comments in, but we get to control if the students see the comments. Okay. okay. All of Rob's, they just. That was a joke,
0: by (laughs) the way. Rob did not actually. I would never, (laughs) ever do that and sign my name to it. I would only do that anonymously. Uh, So, um, yeah, well, I. I mean, I mean, along those lines, I'm I'm curious. The the two of you have been working with Future Cities for a couple of years now, and uh, are there any are there any things that stand out in your mind as a project you saw or or an idea you saw that that was particularly surprising or stuck with you?
2: I always love the presentation part. So one of the requirements for competing is that the teams have to present about their city. And they get really, really creative. Like, they put costumes on. Um, There was one group that I remember that did it as if there was one of the three that were presenting was, like, a tourist that was thinking about moving to the city. And then one of the other ones was, like, a mayor. Another one was, like, a chamber of commerce person. And so it was, like, they're giving a tour of the city and explaining it. And be like, yeah, you should move here because this, this, and this. Um, Another one was, like, a game show where they were, like asking questions and they had to like ding in and like respond and, and stuff so it was like they get really creative and they can have a few props and things like that with them kind of related to it so they had a little pretend microphone and stuff like that but nice. that's kind of where that creativity can really shine around the not only the city that they've done all this research on and created designed, but also like how they want to present it and kind of make it engaging and exciting and explaining what they did would you Andy anything that stood out
3: um, I would say any time that the kids are taking into account like politics or like economic structures, like that's certainly not something that they have to do. But when designing a city, um, it is cool that you're seeing like middle schoolers mm-hmm. thinking about like how how should we govern, um, how should we distribute wealth, all that stuff. Like really, more than anything, this program kind of makes you hopeful for the future, which
0: is not something we get to see too much in the media anymore. Yeah. You know that brings up something that. I, I've noticed, you know, on on the on its face, it seems like hey, Future City teaches kids about city infrastructure and things like that. But it also seems like there's a lot of other skills that Future mm-hmm. Cities teaches, uh, ranging from working as a team, because like you said, you've you've got to figure out who's going to present. Sometimes you have teams of thirty kids, so responsibilities have to be divvied up for who's doing what. Uh, the 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 building of the model, the talking about politics. Um, I mean, what are what are some of the other skills that being involved in future cities teaches kids?
2: I would say uh, taking a really big project and breaking it down to its different pieces because they have several deliverables that are due in January. The essay is up to 1,500 words that they're writing, and they have to do all the research for it. They're building this giant model that they're going to present, and it has to have at least one moving part. So they have to figure that part out. Um, they're working in their presentation. And so they have to do time management piece, definitely the collaboration there. Um, and there are tons and tons of resources online because a lot of times it's teachers that are helping the students kind of, you know, giving them some guidance and putting some guardrails on. There's tons of resources on the Future City um, website, futurecity.org. And that's put on by Discover E. And then we're just kind of like the local implementers for the competition and like connecting teachers to the program. But it's so cool to see these skills that you mentioned, like students implementing them and then that end result. We Like if you think about all the work that goes into that, that they're presenting on just that one day, um, there's a huge amount that they're going through. And they also talk about that, too. In the Q&A, they talk about how they work together as a team. Sometimes it comes up like, hey, we weren't on the ball and we kind of were missing our deadlines and stuff. And then we had to do things last minute. That's a huge learning piece there because they're going to be having tons of projects in the future, um, in the future in their city. There we uh, go. (laughs) That they have to work in.
1: (laughs) It's funny you say that because I have a personal connection with Future City because last year uh, my daughter, she had the opportunity to uh, go through Future City. And last year's theme was climate change. And I remember, like, she told me about it, and I was super pumped, because I was like, oh, yeah, like, we get to take advantage of this. I work at NuboCo. We can. De- de- you're going to win. <laughs> she didn't win. But they did get an award, which we'll talk about later. But um, I know that there were some of the kids that came over to the house sometimes to help uh, build the Future City Project. And what they did for climate change, they built their city on top of the water um, that anchored down to the bottom, and they had, like, a filtration system uh, for that city what they had right and so it was very elaborate Wait, um, so so it was a floating city it or it was a floating okay. city mm-hmm. yeah wow. so it was a floating city and so they actually won I think like best land surveyor award or something like that um, but she was super excited and even though like those kids they weren't super duper close which sometimes that, that is like with work like once you go and work like you don't hang out with your, um, your co-workers all the time right but you come together as a cohesive unit to actually make sure that your project is taken care of, and so she definitely learned a lot from that. Hopefully, my son he'll go through it this year, but I don't know if I don't know if he is or not. I'll mm-hmm. leave it up to him. <laughs> uh, but when you talk about the awards, can you kind of talk about just it's not just a hey, you're first place, second place, third place. There are a lot of different things that these kids can be able to be awarded for.
3: Yeah, so I think uh, you know the first, second, third, best essay, all those things mm-hmm. are. Um, you know just like natural awards that will go with any kind of competition, but I th- what I really like is the special awards, um, because that you know widens how many kids are getting recognized for all their efforts, like you're right. talking about, like they're building this over a long time time management, uh, public speaking, all this they deserve recognition, and so we're trying to find as many um special awards as we can. We partner with different um entities and companies, organizations. Um, and they provide, you know, like gift cards. Um, we had like a Lego. Yeah,
2: that one was, everyone wanted Lego that
3: turbine, like wind turbine, uh, which was super cool. Uh, all kinds of things, like uh, gift cards for the, the classroom that they can spend, you know, on software, you know, whatever would make their classroom more fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a great way for uh, people in the community to get involved. So we, we work with... You said an uh, organization called the Curiosity Pathway has been, Heidi's been doing this for a long time, and she has a special award around the best use of recycled materials. So, you know, something that applies every year, but sometimes it might be specific to the theme. So, like, if someone's in working with a, you know, sustainable ele- electrical um, infrastructure, mm-hmm. they might do something that's related to that. Um, you know, the city of Cedar Rapids oftentimes has has one, or different companies Bring it in. Um, NCES sponsors one around the surveying that your your daughter's team nice. ran. So it's you know, engineering related, creativity related, time management, all of those different things r- to really hone in because there are so many different aspects. One team might shine really well in a certain area, even if they don't make, you know, the top five or the aren't the top team that goes on to represent us at Washington DC. So we try to That's have around thing. like ten to fifteen special awards there to highlight as many teams as, as possible, but we always love more and we love, you know, highlighting all kinds of things.
1: Yes. And when we talk about highlighting those specific things, we talk about sponsorships. <laughs> and so for myself in particular, I am over sponsorships. And so if you were seeing this as a sponsor and you know I probably reached out to you, you should think about giving towards the great Future City program that is targeted towards sixth through eighth grade. And they are going to do amazing things for our future. Future cities, looking at yeah. you, <laughs> looking but at you in your eyes. If
0: you if you are if if you're not in a position to sponsor, but you still want to be involved, yes. Mm-hmm. There's another great thing you can do, which is volunteering for Future Cities. And I want to mention, by the way, I've never, as far as I know, I've never actually made a kid cry. Actually, <laughs> I, I mean, I kid because I love. Because the truth is, I'm actually amazed by what the kids in this thing do. Mm-hmm. And um, even even on the cities where, as a judge, you give lower scores, it's like this one's not as amazing as opposed to, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen one where I was like, where it was genuinely not a good effort. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. all these kids are trying, all these kids are doing really good stuff. And what winds up happening is you just realize everybody's really good. So you got to start getting picky to figure out who is, you know, who is rising above, which is one of the reasons why I love that there's so many different categories. Cause there are some kids who, you know, maybe they're, you know, they didn't put as, their model is not as intricate, but then you read their essay, and these are mm-hmm. some smart ideas. Or then there's another one where the model is just mind blowing, how good it is. And so th- it's great that there are you know people getting recognized for the different strengths that they have and what they bring to the table. But um, but for adults uh, who want to be part of it, I mean the fact is this event couldn't happen without the people who are organizing and judging or just corralling and telling people where to go. So uh, for people who would want to help out, who would want to volunteer, uh, what are some of the opportunities and how do they do it?
3: Uh, so the first opportunity, um,
0: other than the sponsorships
3: for special awards, would be uh, being a virtual essay judge, mm. um, which is something that they started... I think this is a... We've po- always
2: done that one virtually. Really? Yeah. Well, we used to gather like in person to help people out. Um, but now you can do it from the comfort of your home, in your pajamas, a lot with of your essays, hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is how I've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's actually really helpful to be able to do it on your own time as opposed mm-hmm. to for the people who can't be there on the actual competition day. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that date is January 13th,
3: 2023. Um, we'll open the essays to be able to be judged on like the 12th at like five or six PM. So you have, I mean, you've got over a day to do it, but it does not take a day at all. Um, and I know when I first was assigned essays, I remember being, you know, a little bit intimidated. Um, I'm like, I'm not a teacher. Like I, I, yeah. they give you a rubric, they give you everything you need. Like you're just going through and you're you're checking to see that they need that they have all the parts that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy. It's really fun, and it's for me, it's like a really succinct way to kind of see what what they were thinking when they built the city. Um, it's just exciting and cool, and that's where you're gonna find a lot of the like politics uh, that I was telling you about, where they're like thinking about these big, really big ideas. Um,
2: yeah, and that one, like sometimes, like I know when I get asked to review stuff, I'm like, well, how many are you gonna have me review? Am I doing like 10, <laughs> mm-hmm. 20? What is it? We like the more volunteers we get, the fewer things you have to review. And so we do a really, really big push to try to get a lot of volunteers, and we try to keep it like no more than five, maybe five to seven. But like last year, like Andy and I didn't think we got to review any. I, I got
3: one. Okay, you got one. I got I don't one got a plethora of volunteers. Yeah, there. so we we're,
2: we're like the cleanup crew. <laughs> if someone skips out, and then we shame them for the next year. Um, but we, we do those. We didn't have to do that. Just the one. <laughs> Just the one. And yep. uh, you know, because sometimes things come up, but. I think everyone had about like four to five last year. So, in I would say I found like about 30 minutes when you should kind of get in the flow of it and kind of figure out that rubric after that first one, it goes by pretty quickly. So, if you have, you know, a few hours and you want to spread it out through the day or something or get it right done with your coffee in the morning, uh, it's really fun and it's very, very helpful for us.
0: Yeah, that so, rubric's hugely helpful mm-hmm. because it, it means that. You, you, it basically just tells you, Hey, this is what they had to have. Did they have these things? And a number system based on if they had all of them, they get this. If they mostly had it, they get this. And I, I know in my case, sometimes I'm surprised which one ends up being like my top choice because I might read them all and think in my heart, I liked this one the best. But then I look at the number rating and I was like, Actually, this other one. Accomplished what they're supposed to do better yeah. according to the numbers. And so that's so it's actually a very fair system that uh, it, it weeds a lot of bias out. Actually, it, it's very much it rewards people who are, are doing the project the way it's supposed to be done. Um,
1: so, don't, uh, so while we're on the topic about volunteers, we don't want to forget about the volunteers in the sense of teachers or that are actually helping these students with the project. Um, so, can one of you touch on the um, the need for those mentors that are helping these kids with this project?
3: So um, not every classroom requests, not every team requests a mentor. No, oh, okay. Um, but having a mentor, I think, proves relatively invaluable for a lot of these teams. Um, so we are always looking for um, folks that work in STEM to come to, to reach out to us, and then we will find you a team uh, who needs you who is looking for a mentor um, and we can connect you with them
0: dumb question mentor coach is that the same thing because i know a lot of these teams have like coaches mm-hmm. now does every team have to have a coach but you can also have a mentor or is it the same role uh so there's the educator
3: which maybe is the coach
2: <laughs> yes it can be yep. okay and then a
3: mentor so they are
1: different oh, okay. oh. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good to know.
2: Yep. So the two adults can be attached to a team just to kinda help. And sometimes the mentor is like someone with an engineering background or city design development, that kind of thing, but it doesn't have to be. That's um, a good point. Yeah. yeah it, it can just be another person that's giving perspective and helping, giving them guidance on that. And the teacher, oftentimes it's a teacher if it's in a school setting, that, that coach is the one that's kind of keeping them on track. Like, hey, you know, you guys gotta like also do some work. You can't just chat around and we should probably set some deadlines and here are the deliverables you have to do, and kind of making sure that they get everything uploaded. They're the ones that are, you know, making sure that their, their essays in the system, they've got their project plan, they've got their, um, you know, their materials list and how much things cost if they uh, bought them and things like that. So just kind of help oversee it because some of those executive functioning skills are being worked on still by the kids, and so they need a little guidance.
3: I, yeah, you see it every once in a while, a team that, you know, this is student led. So they're going to make their own decisions, and, and sometimes they choose to um, have fun with their friends instead of <laughs> buckling down and, and knocking out all these tasks over the course of you know months. So, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I I guess I'm super curious of, like, the stats of these kids that go through the future cities, and then after, especially if they were super successful and they got some awards or they even went to Washington, D.C. and um, got an award there, what is their trajectory? after they graduate high school, mm-hmm. right? Because I remember there was one kid, I'd asked him a question, like, hey, what do you want to do like, when you get older? oh, I want to be a mechanical engineer. This kid is like sixth grade. <laughs> and I'm like, I was definitely not thinking that. I was still probably thinking MBA at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's, but it's pretty cool to understand and like see the mindset of the, those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And also just what we kind of talk, keep talking about is just the time and the effort that they put into wanting to actually succeed. Uh, it's either just them by themselves as a cohesive group or with that mentor or coach actually pushing them. Uh, let's mm-hmm. be able to do that. Well, and the impression I've gotten every time I see these
0: these kids competing is these are not kids that are doing a school assignment that are half-hearted. Oh, we all have to do this. I mean, these kids seem really fired up. They mm-hmm. seem genuinely passionate. About the project and about winning, which is a really cool thing to see when it's something that's STEM related. I mean, they're learning something, but they're having a really good time doing it. Right.
2: Yeah, and I did mention that a lot of times it's in a school setting that they're they're getting access to this because most kids are in uh, you know some sort of structured school environment. But I think the the we're seeing more and more community projects and community teams, whether it's out of a nonprofit or girls. Uh, Girl Scouts Club, things like that, you know, um, that are getting together and they're not in school together. They're doing this outside of that, Mm. you know, in addition to it in that time. And we had one of those teams that did it for the first time last year and they made it in the top five and we're super excited um, about that, you know, because they don't necessarily have time during the day. This is an extracurricular for them. They're choosing to do it. They're really driven. They're excited about it Um, and they're learning and they're, they're having fun while learning.
0: So with Nubico's connection to this, for you, especially as director of, of K-12 education, um, how do you see Future City directly connecting with the mission that Nubeco has?
2: Yeah, so the accelerating, life-changing ideas, um, exposing students to opportunities. And this is a fantastic program that does show all the different aspects of STEM. A lot of times when people think of STEM, they think about the silos. You know, there's science over here and then technology and engineering and math. And really in the real world, it's all mixed up in a big Mm. soup bowl. And this project shows students all about that. And they might be doing different projects and pulling things out and having to um, divvy things up, but they have to bring in these different skills in order to be successful. And it's getting them to think about like, what do I like doing? What do I not like doing? Do I really like leading the team and working on this part of the project? Do I really like the science part of it, digging into the design? So it's kind of getting them to think about that and get excited. Um, a lot of research so shows that students start to self-select out in middle school in particular um, from STEM careers because they don't see people like themselves. Maybe mm-hmm. no one in their family has that background. Um, they're not encouraged specifically and doesn't even have to be like being told not to do it, just not being told to do it. And so projects like this can really make it exciting and fun and like bring that Uh, that competition feel to it to kind of get kids excited and hopefully continue on. And not all of them are going to go become engineers, but a lot of them will go into medical fields, you know, kind of continue down that path and just really opens it up, making sure that they at least have access and exposure so they can make that decision and not just like wonder what the heck it is.
0: Have you ever at any of these competitions? I mean, it seems like these kids they're working together as a team on a project for a long time. And then one day here they all are with all these other teams and seeing what everybody else came up with. Do you th- Does it seem like all the students kind of like keep in their own lane or do you see students from different schools and different teams interacting and kind of going, oh, how'd you do that? Like, mm-hmm. is there a lot of that mm-hmm. connection kind of happening? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I would say that there's a, a mix of it because we we have all of the... Uh, city models uh, kind of out in display in tables for the special awards judges to go around. But we see a lot of teams kind of mingling too. Some of them are, you know, they're nervous about their presentation. They're just practicing it over and over and over. Um, but they do tend to like go around and at least see the neighbors around them and see what they've built and see what ideas they come up with. We also see in schools where it's, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth graders that those that have gone through it in a previous year kind of mentoring those that are new to it, like, you know, those sixth graders that it's their first time what to expect, um, ideas sharing. Some of them, some of the teachers will organize them by grade because maybe that's when they have their time together. But some of them will have mixed grade groups too, and that's really cool to see that you can kind of bring in uh, past experiences and successes and you know what you've learned into the new group.
1: And so, if I am in the sixth, seventh, or eighth grade and looking to want, you know, to be a part of Future City, what is the best way to approach that?
2: Yeah, so you can go to the Future website futurecity.org um, that's what discovery hosts there you can also find us at Nubo.co in the education area we've got a future city page that's specific to iowa um, the registration for competing teams has closed that's always uh, october 31st but this is a perfect time if you're curious to still sign up and you can get resource only you can still do that and then you get access to all of those materials we were talking about and we have teachers that do that every year too. They don't necessarily have teams that compete. Maybe they only have their their students do like one aspect of Future City and they incorporate that into a class that they already have because the whole project is too much. And so you can get access to that and you can kind of try it out. You're welcome to come to the competition to see what it's like. We've had teachers do that before too. And then maybe you want to have some teams compete in the future. So you can definitely like ramp up to it. You don't have to be all in. You don't have to do the competition. That's just kind of like the fun culminating part of it. Um, but definitely go check it out, see what's out there, pull out those resources. There's tons of videos um, from past teams and different things that they've gathered over the years.
1: And how many teams do you plan on having this year?
2: Oh. We're
1: at 22. Nice. 22 educators. Yeah. Teams?
2: Okay. So they can have up yeah. to four teams. So yeah. every educator oh, can wow. have up to four. And we've got 22 educators that are registered this year so
0: so what you're saying is we may also need a lot of volunteers this year. <laughs> yes there so if, if we yeah. went, so if somebody hears this and is like yeah i'd love this sounds really cool uh how does somebody volunteer do it <laughs> um so volunteering would be as
3: easy i mean can we are we able to like link something oh yeah like in yeah. the yeah. in the actual podcast Okay, so I'll give you a link. It is a link to a Google form. Um, it'll lay out times and dates and you know what we're actually asking. Um,
0: and then, you, yeah, you can just give us your information and we will contact you further. Upload Media Group has some amazing technology. They have actually made it. You can embed... Uh, a link in the oh. description of the video, and it's wild. Is it like yes, like something.
2: pop up video? Oh yeah, it <laughs>
0: sings that. It's so cool. <laughs> I've not that. heard pop up video. I've not heard that in a while. I've never wow. heard that. I've never heard that either. Yeah. Oh so wow, you young and Samantha, we're the old ones here today. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this. I think it's going to be a really cool competition this year. I always look. It's it's something really really fun, and and it it. Uh, gives me a lot of hope and faith in the future Aww. which you know the I kids mean, are all right yeah the kids are all right <laughs> Most of them. But seriously, volunteer, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, thank you again to... We just mentioned Upload Media Group, our, our media sponsor. So uh, thank you again to them, and uh, thank you to Van Meter. Uh, and most of all, uh, thank you to the two of you for stopping yes. in and, and talking about this, this really cool y'all. event.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Anthony, did what did you learn today? So what I learned today is you should definitely become a volunteer because I remember last year I was a timekeeper and Mm. with being a timekeeper, I had the opportunity to see a lot of those kids come through and present the presentations. And as soon as it hit that time, Nope, no more. We got to stop. You right like the here. You're the one who made the kids cry. It wasn't me. See, I was it trying was you. I was trying to pawn that on you, but it was really me. <laughs> it was really me.
0: Yeah, yeah. actually, you know, like really, really quick question there. So I mentioned judging. You mentioned timekeeping. What are some of the other volunteer roles that people can do? There's room coordinating
3: where you're kind of guiding all these different people inside each room, and you're you're making sure, you know, doors close at this time, like as soon as they start presenting. Um, Do
2: you have the you, right team? We've had that before. The, ro- the wrong team shows up in the wrong room.
3: Yeah. So, so you're, like you're making
2: sure it's the right ones being judged.
3: You're just making sure <laughs> everything runs smoothly. And what's crazy is I did the room coordinating on my first year of volunteering. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's it's easy. And you kind of, like, start to get, like, you know, you're competing with other rooms and making sure you're getting your your uh, scoring rubrics in like before them. And it's mm-hmm. like there's kind of a competition within a competition that's really fun. <laughs> Timing advantage. like Anthony was talking about. Timing's actually kind of fun for that control piece. I think is that is what it is. It's like, nope, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many opportunities, and it really is just like a really, really fun day. Yep. Like, other than it just being a great program, it's just it's a fun time.
2: And we also feed the volunteers. Yep. Uh, that's a good cool point. Breakfast and lunch. Food mm-hmm. is always, always yep. appreciated. Yep. And we're usually done, if you do like the morning, you're committing to like the morning through like noon. If you want to stay for the competition results for the top five and like the special awards, which we always encourage people to hang around, you can give some high fives and stuff. We're usually done by like, Around noonish, you know, 12:30, one at the latest, if we have a bigger group, and then we have our top five judging that happens, and that we have VIP judges, usually like some sponsors or people related to that theme have a background in it, and so they're just looking at those top five teams. Um, so people can hang around for that too, if that's if that's your jam, you can just swing in afterwards. You don't have to be there for the morning, um, and special awards also happen in that morning piece too. And then there's also floaters, if you like to float and just be like a general helpful person. We always need that so that Andy's not running around super crazy.
0: I probably will, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can help me with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're really excited for it. Uh, thank you for
1: coming on the show and talking about it. And uh, well, I guess that wraps us up, Anthony. I guess it is. Hold and up. one more shout out once again to Upload Media Group and Van Meter we really appreciate you all. and if
0: you want to learn more about this program uh, just go to uh, newbo.co uh, and if you want to check out past episodes of the podcast uh, you can find those there as well so uh, but hey uh, until then we'll see you later and keep innovating Iowa Peace.